you're listening to the Pomerado Christian Church Sermon Podcast. Thank you for spending time with us today. If you're a weekly listener, welcome back. If this is your first time, we're so glad you're here and hope you consider subscribing. If you're in your car, on a run, doing things around the house, or working out, and want to connect even further and take next steps with us, visit pomerado.info. Now, enjoy this week's message. My name is Evan. Glad to be uh, with you this morning. Usually at this hour, I'm downstairs with the middle schoolers, but some of them were up here today, too. I want to share with you some things that uh, are personal to me and important to all of us. But I want to start with a question. Have you ever received a reward? Not an award, but a reward. Like, uh, you know, someone paid you for a favor you did, or you, you found a lost puppy, and you returned it to the owner, and there was a $50 reward. That kind of thing. Have you ever, have you ever received a reward? We had at our house a construction company working on our house. This was several years ago. And uh, they were doing a project. I thought they did a pretty good job. And when they were done, the construction company said, now, if you refer us to any of your neighbors, or if any of your neighbors said, hey, who is the construction company working on your house? And if you refer them to us, then have them mention your name and uh, we'll send you a little reward. Well, sure enough, a couple months later, one of our neighbors did ask us about the construction we had done. And were we happy with it? Did they do a good job and all of that? Because they were also thinking about having some construction done. So I gave them the phone number and, you know, call them up. And I said, oh, by the way, if, uh, if you decide to go with them, Just mention my name. And they did. A couple weeks later, they said, we talked to them. We think they'll do a good job. And oh, by the way, I mentioned your name. So I'm thinking, I wonder what the reward is. (laughs) Actually, I wondered if it would ever come through because I, I, I long ago forgot about it. I think it was almost a year later. I got a piece of mail from the construction company, and inside it was a thank you note and a debit card for $1,000. Am I glad I mentioned this to my neighbor? Have you ever wondered, have you missed out on a reward just because you forgot to say a little something? Well. Today, we're talking about rewards. And, you know, the Bible is full of rewards. Uh, Just a quick search on the internet, and and, uh, you can find the word reward in the Bible somewhere between 75 and 100 times. Kind of depends on what translation you're reading. And it also shows up in the passage that we want to look at today. Um, One of my favorite verses is not from the Sermon on the Mount, uh, but one of my favorite verses is Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. 
This is the faith chapter. I think we have it up on the screen here. Without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe, and there are two things here mentioned, anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. I mean, like, well, of course. You, you won't come to God if you don't even think he's there, but there's something else. You must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So I just, I just kind of emphasize that in my mind. He rewards. I wonder how many times we miss out on some kind of reward that God has for us just because we're not expecting it. Or mentioning his name, for example. When we've been reading through the Sermon on the Mount, I notice that the word reward shows up, I think it's nine times in these three chapters, Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. And it shows up again in the particular passage that we want to read today. So I want encourage you to take your Bible, or there should be one under a chair nearby. We also will put the uh, information up on the screen in a few moments, not yet. But uh, I want us to look at rewards in this section of the Bible. But first, just as an introduction, I want to share uh, what I think is a couple interesting facts. In 1978, a man by the name of Richard Foster published a book that quickly became quite popular, sold more than a million copies. It's been reprinted over and over again. It's still available today, although you'll get the, like, the 40th anniversary edition. And uh, interestingly enough, a very respected periodical in our country named this book as one of the top 10 books of the century. Not top 10 books of the year, but of all the books that were written in the 1900s. Christianity Today magazine said, this is one of the top 10 for people's faith. Now, some of you know what the book is. Some of you have copies of it. Uh, I want to share with you what it's all about. <clears throat> the title only has three words in it, and the middle word is of. The first word of this book that's a bestseller is the word celebration. Now I'm thinking, okay, yeah, that's, that's a good start. <clears throat> I mean, everyone likes to celebrate. So, yeah, like, I, I, I want to read that book. <clears throat> and we celebrate all kinds of things. Um, let me say this. If I said, hey, next week, come on over, join us, we're going to have a celebration, you might be thinking, well, well, what is it? It's, it's not a Christmas celebration. It's not a celebration of New Year's. Is it somebody's birthday? Uh, maybe 
Is it some, someone got, a, they, re, they retired or got an advancement? Or there's, maybe it's an anniversary. Oh, no, I know what it is. This is a secret celebration. Someone is going to propose. And she's going to say yes. And it's going to be a celebration of engagement. Well, you know, you would want to be involved in whatever this celebration is. So I hope you're curious about, well, what's the rest of the title? If you came over to my big celebration and I said, tonight we are celebrating discipline. <laughs> you might say, I think I have a dentist appointment I forgot about. I'm going. <laughs> discipline? Who wants to celebrate discipline? Of course, you also see the subtitle, Celebration of Discipline, The Path to Spiritual Growth. So, as I mentioned, this book talks about spiritual disciplines. I actually prefer to call it something more like spiritual exercises. In other words, there are things that you are committed to do that will help you grow spiritually. Just like you might have physical exercises. There are certain exercises you try to do on a regular basis because it improves your physical health. And Richard Foster said in his book, here are 12 spirit, spiritual disciplines, spiritual exercises, that if you engage in them, then you will grow in your spirit. Now, he mentions 12 of them. I'm not sure there's just 12. Uh, uh, in fact, I read a list recently where 62 different spiritual disciplines. We're just going to handle a few today. I'm just going to mention these 12. And one of them is the topic for today. Well, it's not really the topic. The topic is rewards. But this is mentioned, and it's connected. And that's the connection I want you to see. So let's take a few moments <clears throat> before we jump into the passage in Matthew chapter 6 and just review some of the spiritual disciplines, exercises that are mentioned in this uh, evidently um, very respected and honored book. So... He breaks them up into three categories. So first of all, we have the uh, corporate disciplines. So this would include, oh, and, and by the way, as we go through these 12, you might think, oh, I recognize that. I mean, I participate in that. And th the very first one you are participating in, <laughs> uh, the corporate discipline of worshiping together. And if you want to jot these down, you can. Or maybe just jot down the ones you think, Oh, that one I'm very familiar with. Uh, put a big plus sign by that. Or you might hear one that says, that one I'm not very interested in. You might put a negative mark. Or you would think, I've never heard of that one. You put a question mark. So here are the first category of four, the corporate disciplines. Getting together to worship together and to be disciplined about that, and to make it a part of your life gives you spiritual vitality. And celebration together. So 
Of course, a lot of times our worship services are celebrating. But there are other times we get together uh, to celebrate special occasions, well, VBS, baptisms, um, anniversaries, uh, not anniversaries, but when, the, when our kids graduate from school and those kind of things, celebrations. And then the spiritual discipline of confession that, uh, well, part of it is confessing the creeds of the church. This is what we believe in. But also confessing our failures. Now, we don't usually stand up front and make a full public confession of those, but with each other, privately, we confess our sins. And this is a corporate part of growing. And then the spiritual discipline of guidance. That is, uh, together, we help each other make decisions of life and so on and so forth. So those are the four corporate disciplines. Then there are the four disciplines he calls the outward disciplines. And I'm sure you've engaged in some of these too. For example, the discipline of service. When we go serving uh, at the soup kitchen or out in the uh, neighborhoods or whatever it might be, serving. The, sp the uh, spiritual discipline of solitude. Sometimes you just need some time alone. And uh, God speaks to us sometimes when everything else is blocked out. Or the discipline of simplicity. Making your life less complicated. Sometimes that takes an actual decision on your part. Uh, it sometimes has to do with your budget, too. Simplifying your budget so that you have other resources for spiritual things. Service, solitude, sim simplicity, submission. Everyone has to submit to someone. And that kind of bothers us sometimes. It's an inner, an outward issue that needs to be dealt with. What is a part of our spiritual growth? So again, um, plus, minus, question mark, where are you in these? Then here are the last four that he mentions in this book. Again, I think there are many others. The uh, inward disciplines. And you would be familiar with these too. Meditation. Do you take time to meditate? Prayer. Of course, the church is always encouraging you to pray more, to pray more. This is a spiritual discipline that helps you grow. The discipline of study, where you really are wrestling with some of the uh, profound things that are uh, in our hearts and in our Bible. And then the spiritual discipline of fasting. Okay, that's not my favorite. In fact, this is the one that we're focused on for today. This is the one that shows up in Matthew chapter 6. But before we go there, uh, just think for a moment, which are the ones that you're familiar with and that you feel comfortable with? Which are some of those maybe I didn't even know that was considered a spiritual discipline or spiritual exercise? By the way, my favorite one, or I should say the one that I find the easiest to get involved with, I do it on a daily basis, 
probably 360 out of 365 days a year, is writing in a journal, journaling. Have you ever stopped and at the end of the day, or usually I do this at the beginning of the next day, and think, did I get anything done yesterday? <laughs> so, uh, gosh, I think it was about 30 years ago, I, I would take a book like this, open it up, and each morning just write, what did I do yesterday? And sometimes that, just that reflecting. It also becomes a great memory book, because when I forget, when did we do such and such? I go back, there it is. Now, really, this is only for my private use. Um, I don't hide them from people, but it's just, just for me. I find it gives me a lot of encouragement and helps me stay focused. So that's, that's one of my favorite. Okay, it's time for us to look at the scripture reading for today. Oh, but I should say this. Today's topic is on fasting. It's not my favorite. And do you remember as we were approaching Easter this past time, Pastor JP gets up and says, we're all going to fast for 21 days. I didn't hear any clapping in the crowd. And I was thinking, didn't we just do a fast together? When was that? You know, I don't want to do this. So, so I, uh, by the way, one of the spiritual disciplines is confession. <laughs> so I'm getting my exercise in today. And, uh, but you know, it was, it was 21 days leading up to Easter Sunday. So, of course, when we got home, my wife says, well, what are we going to do for the fast? I was thinking, oh, we can skip this one, can't we? <laughs> but we didn't. And we, and we just chose, there's a lot of different kind of fasts you can do. And there's a lot of reasons. Sometimes you do it for medical reasons or that kind of thing. Well, no, this is for a spiritual reason, to kind of sensitize your heart and your mind, your spirit, to grow a little bit. And I didn't even want to bother, but Linda said, well, the whole, the whole church is, let's do it. So we just chose a very simple fast. It wasn't fasting from all food. In fact, she posted this online, so I guess I can say it. We just decided we'll fast desserts, which is actually a pretty big deal for me. <laughs> so, okay, for 21 days, every time when we would normally do a little sweet something, now we're going to say, you know what? This is an important season for our church, or we're praying for our Easter celebration and all that. Okay, so I, I didn't think you were going to be here today, and I could say this without... <laughs> But JP, thank you for being our leader. So, uh, <laughs> let's turn in our Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. We're in the passage of verses 16 through 18. It's not very long. And let me read it together. I hope you have your Bible out. I know you can. we're going to have it on the screen as well. So this is one of the nine times where a reward is mentioned just in the Sermon on the Mount, just in these three chapters, this famous sermon that Jesus gave. And this is what he says. When you fast, all right, I'm bothered already. <laughs> I think he should say, 
if you fast. So there's sort of an obligation implied here, isn't there? When you fast, okay, when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. Well, that's one of the places where the word reward shows up. And it says, you're not going to get much of a reward from that. You're doing it as a show. They have received their reward in full. Verse 17. But when you fast, Put oil on your head and wash your face. In other words, do your regular routines. Put your makeup on, comb your hair, whatever. Don't let it be noticed by others that you're in great distress or something. But when you fast, put oil on your head, wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to others that you're fasting, but only to your Father, who is unseen. And your Father who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Now, we should just highlight that. Your Father will reward you. Now, this phrase shows several times, shows up several times in the Sermon on the Mount. Remember, Jesus said, now when you give money, don't make a big deal of it, or you're not going to get much of a reward. You want the reward that God gives. Um, what's the other one? When you are, there's fasting, giving. When you're praying, when you're praying, don't be a, make a big deal out of your prayer so that other people will see you. That's the only reward you're going to get. And that's not much, by the way. I mean, can you imagine a little Jewish boy walking through Jerusalem with his mother and uh, uh, little Benjamin says, Mommy, what's wrong with that man? He looks terrible. Oh, Benjamin, he's a very religious person. He's fasting. You can tell how much pain he's in. You can tell how religious he is. Oh, we honor people like this because he's such a religious man and he's fasting. And Jesus said, all right, that guy's not going to get any more reward than that. You might get a little bit of attention from other people. That's not the reward you want. You want the reward that God gives. Why would you settle for some little reward when you could have a big reward? I mean, that just doesn't make sense. That would be like me asking Thomas, where did his guitar go? It's usually up. Oh, there it is, somewhere. Thomas, can I borrow your guitar next Saturday? No, Thomas has a nice guitar. It's a tailor. They're made right here in El Cajon. And if, you, if you're aware of them, you see them all over television. In fact, even uh, uh, Taylor Swift plays a Taylor guitar. It's not her company. It's a, it's a couple Christian guys down in El Cajon who started it all. Anyway, okay. Hey, can I, can I borrow your guitar uh, for Saturday? And, and oh, we're going to the beach, and I, I'd like to use your guitar. Oh, are you going to lead a sing-along? No, we're going to have a bonfire, and I need some kindling wood. <laughs> All right, he's never going to let me touch his guitar now. 
I mean, that would be ridiculous. Why would you take something that has so much value and so much uh, to give and, and, and you waste it on something? And that's what Jesus is saying. Look, there are times when you're going to be fasting. Don't make a big deal of it. That's not where the reward is. The reward is in what God gives you when you fast privately with him. Now, there are times for the preacher to say, for the next 21 days, we're all going to fast together. And yes, we do that together, but we, again, we don't make a big deal of it. And uh, so, in my thinking now, I just want to encourage you that it's not just fasting. It's all of these spiritual disciplines. It's the reading. It's the meditating. It's the studying. It's the praying. It are those things that... God wants to enrich your life. And so we engage in these because, well, he's the one that made the promise. I mean, just like I said to my neighbor, oh, hey, mention my name. Let's just see what happens. And God says, I have a reward for you. Do you believe God exists? And do you believe he wants to reward you? Well, then let's take advantage of his generosity to bless our lives. Now, I wanted to wrap this all up in a way that I normally wouldn't do. Do you notice that I brought my journal today? So, um, last uh, March, March 27th, uh, Monday, I worked out in the yard all day Monday morning, and I was hungry. So I ate a lunch that was way too big. <laughs> oh, man, I got a tummy ache. I got to take it easy for the afternoon, so this will go away. It didn't go away. I couldn't eat anything for dinner. I couldn't sleep all night. And then the next morning on Tuesday, not only did I have a stomach ache, I had a backache. It felt like I had just done a thousand sit-ups, but I don't do that kind of exercise. But that's what it felt like. And I couldn't eat anything that day. Maybe, the, maybe a little bit of oatmeal or something, you know. And then I couldn't sleep all Tuesday night. So Wednesday, this is when my kids say, Dad, go to the doctor, would you? So Wednesday was the day I ended up in the hospital. I had a perforation in my small intestine. I didn't realize that, but that's what all that pain was about. So I ended up being hooked up with an IV and uh, stuck in the hospital. And um, I thought, oh, are they going to have to cut me open? But they said, the best thing we can do is just don't eat anything. No food, no water, no nothing. The only thing that went into my body came in through this vein over here. Um, so that was Wednesday. Thursday, we had a couple of visitors. appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, I, in fact, I remember God prayed for me. That helped. But it was not until about Saturday that I finally started feeling better. Um, Sunday night... Somewhere in this time, I thought, 
I know what's going on. I didn't even want to fast desserts. And God decided he had a different plan for me. You're going to have nothing. <laughs> and so there I was. Sunday night, my younger daughter called. Dad, are you starving? And I said, well, uh, you know, there's a difference between starving and hungry. And actually, I'm neither. Starving is when your body is actually starting to break down. That really takes a long time before you get there. Hungry is, well, you miss one meal and you're hungry. Oh, you say, I'm starving. No, you're not starving. That takes weeks for that to happen. You're hungry. Now, again, I'm not a fan of fasting. I'm not a fan of fasting. Yeah, I'm not a fan of fasting. I do have some pastor friends who've gone on extensive full fast for f even 40 days. Now, not without liquids, but without food. Um, and so I know a little bit about fasting. I know that the first couple meals you miss, your stomach is telling you, get some food, get some food. That's hunger. You feel hunger. You feel hunger right away. And that usually lasts for a day or two. After a while, actually, the hunger goes away. And you can uh, exist for quite a while. Now, after a prolonged time, then your body starts breaking down. And you don't want that to happen. Um, so when my daughter called, I said, I'm not hungry and I'm not starving. Actually, I'm perfectly fine. I didn't even want food. By the way, do you know when you're in a hospital room and you're watching TV, there's all kinds of food commercials. <laughs> we spend a lot of time planning meals, purchasing food, storing it in the cupboard, uh, cooking the meals, and of course we enjoy me eating the meals, and, and, and then you've got to clean up after the meals. We spend a lot of time just dealing with food. And you know, if you take this away for a while, I had it pretty easy. I'm in a nice hospital room. I have a whole bunch of people taking care of me. I have people visiting me. My wife is very kind, and she did all kinds of extra work that I didn't have to do. But what I really wanted to do with you today is, in fact, <laughs> I didn't know I was going to the hospital. I woke up on Wednesday that that week. So I didn't have the things I needed. So I said, well, bring my meds, uh, bring my CPAP machine, and uh, bring my journal. That's what I needed. So, and then as a, so I thought, this is not something I would normally do, but just to help you see how much I felt rewarded. I needed what God wanted to give me. So let me just read a few entries out of my journal. I sat down. This is on Monday night, April 3rd. So this was about the sixth day of my hospitalization. I still had two more days to go. So bear with me. And here's what I wrote. It was 11.20 p.m. on that Monday night. 
I feel like room 406 has become like, that was my hospital room, has become like a holy of holies for me. Um, there have been some precious things that have happened here. I'm not sure I can even remember all of them. That's why it's good to have a journal, by the way. I'm not sure I can remember all of them. I, I can't do an adequate job describing it. Again, I'm just writing this to myself. But I know I have changed. I was just thinking, I feel like I'm George Bailey at the end of the movie, It's a Wonderful Life. I still have a bunch of problems, but my perspective on things has changed so much. How, for example, how absolutely glorious it is just to swish water in your mouth, even if you're not allowed to swallow it. And when I did get to swallow my first gulp, that was, I think, on, I think that was that Monday, 500 cc's of water. Before drinking it, I just looked at it for a while. In fact, I thought, yesterday when I watched the church service online and everyone had communion, I wasn't able to participate. This 500 cc's of water is my communion this week. And when I drank that, it was fabulous. Other things. Um, we need to put some things. Uh, I'm going to skip that one. Um, I recognize I'm prejudiced. There was a lot of good people working on it, but there were two people. One lady had a quirky habit, and I thought, I don't want her touching me. <laughs> and another guy, I, there's just something about him that I thought, I don't like him, you know? Uh, and it's, he was from a different country, I could tell. And it was about a day later, I thought, oh, I'm prejudiced. <laughs> I don't know anything about those people other than I noticed something and I don't like them. And I thought, I have some prejudices in me. I learned how wonderful people really are and how to appreciate them more. Um, we also had a very, Linda, I say we, Linda and I had a very precious visitor, a friend come and we spent about three hours together. It was, we never would have done that if it wouldn't have been in the hospital room. I just thank God for all these things that happened. I had a great talk with my daughter. I felt very connected her, to her and a couple other people. Uh, I apologized to the surgeon, Dr. Lim. She was a wonderful woman, by the way. Um, she said, why, do you, why are you apologizing to me? She said, I've had an attitude about surgeons. I thought, all surgeons want to do is cut you up. And she said, oh, Evan, that's the last thing we want to do. In fact, the best thing we could do for you, what, what, where my problem was, was right in the middle of the bile ducts and pancreas and uh, the liver and all, all those things right here. Says, we don't even want to touch that. That's the last thing we want to do is cut people. Now, if you need surgery, then we're going to do it. I, said, I just have had this wrong idea. 
And you know, sometimes you need to apologize to people. Um, I realized that sometimes I don't know how to connect with people because I ask the wrong questions. And sometimes you just need to say their name. There was one woman in particular that she became my friend, but not because I was asking her questions. I just remember to say her name every time she came in. Um, Corinne, she was really jolly. And she had to go without food for three weeks. She was one of my nurses. All right, that put mine in perspective. I realized, um, you know, this hospital has a lot of celebrities coming. In fact, rumor was there was a celebrity down the hall while we were there. But, of course, we never found out. Mum's the word. But I asked one of the doctors. He's a very intelligent guy. He has multiple degrees. He said, how is it when you're dealing with celebrities here? He says, well, let's see. I'll quote. You must treat them all alike. You treat every person alike. You must treat them by the truth. And you must go where the truth leads you. Or you'll become, he said, Michael Jackson's doctor. In other words, you know, if you start catering to people, you're going to start making bad decisions. So I just learned so much. I learned, oh, here's one, how glorious it is to take a shower. Uh, and then uh, one day my, the, in my devotion, there was a question in the Bible app, and the question was, have you answered God's call to be an instrument of healing? I thought, oh my word, I'm in a place where everyone has made th that decision. And I use that throughout the day. When one of the doctors or nurses or anyone comes in and says, hey, guess what? In my devotion today, I read the, this question, have you answered God's call to be an instrument of healing? You've done that, I said to them. And they got a kick out of that and kind of opened up some conversations. I couldn't help from about I couldn't help from crying about how blessed I am just to be alive. I think Lauren was the one who was in the room when I broke down into tears. She was very kind with me. I, and here's the last thing I said here. I was reluctant to do the fast along with all the other church members. I kind of did it reluctantly, and it was only desserts. But God sure rearranged things differently, and I'm glad he did. Um, so part of it, I wouldn't have that to share with you if 30 years ago I didn't start journaling. And I wonder what kind of spiritual disciplines you're going to grab onto to help enrich your life. Because I know one thing for sure. Whether it's prayer or fasting or worshiping together or celebrating together, God wants to reward you. And you don't want to give that up. How many times have we missed it just because we didn't mention something? So I have one last picture to show you. It's just before I left the hospital, it was eight days later, I thought, this has been such an experience. And thank, thank you again, JP, for encouraging me to fast. Um, this room, I, I actually took my phone out while I was walking around the hallway. I'm going to take a picture of this, the room number, room 406. There it is right there. It's just a hospital room. You can, you can see the little tray and whatever. But 
4 or 6 will always be the place where God rewarded me with something. And you're going to have those places in your life when you give yourself to him in spiritual discipline. One of those we practice is communion. And today, I don't have 500 cc's of water. I have just this little tiny cup. In fact, uh, this is a time when we as a congregation celebrate together in a time of communion. Now, I know we have many guests here today. And if you're a guest here, I just want you to know you are invited to share in communion with us. If you didn't get one of these little combo cups, there's the bread on one side and the juice on the other side. Just raise your hand. We want you to have this moment to tell God, I do believe you exist, and that you reward those who honestly seek him. So we'll join together. When, when you're ready, I'll say a prayer here. Uh, open up the top side where the bread is, and then where the juice is. And you can e either leave this under your chair or put it in the receptacle on the way out. Let's, let's just celebrate in a time of prayer and communion. Heavenly Father, you bless us more than, more than we deserve. I think about that debit card I got in the mail. I thought it was a lot, but I think the greatest debit card ever received was when you sent Jesus to pay the debts of the sins of the world so that we could have freedom and forgiveness in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We want to be a church where people are changed by God to change the world. If you want to partner with us in this way, you can start by doing these two things. The first, if you haven't subscribed to this podcast, you can do that by hitting the subscribe button wherever you're listening so you can stay connected with us and we can broaden our reach. And the second, and this might be the most important thing you do, share this message with someone you know. And as always, remember you are prayed for, cared for, and loved. See you next time.